Hi, today I'm going to be interviewing Dwayne Sheriff. Dwayne Sheriff and I are good friends, have been friends for a long time, one of the best teachers of the Word of God I have ever heard, and I know he's going to be a blessing to you. So join us as I interview Dwayne Sheriff. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. And uh, I have asked Dwayne to come on the program for this reason, is that right now I can't think of any stability in the world left. There used to be some stability and there's maybe pockets of it in cities, but we can see that around us, the things are creeping in from Satan, from the world system, the world's thinking. And what is stability? Where do we find stability? And I can't find stability in schools, in city government, state government, national government, or even international government. I can't find any stability in the financial system. What's happening in, in Wall Street? What's happening with gold and silver? Everybody kept preaching for years, get gold and silver, and it, it, there's, it hasn't much happened to it even, because I think they've planned, the, the world system has planned a way around that. I don't know what the world has planned, but the good news is we know what God has planned. Amen. And the stability comes from the church, a good pastor, a good minister opening up the word of God. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Where do you find stability and how do you find it and I couldn't think of anybody better to have than Pastor Dwayne. So, Dwayne, glad to have you here today. Well, again, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate your heart for this, uh -huh. your heart for ministers. You know, you, you said it in a way that I'd like to kind of reverse it a little. You mm -hmm. were correct, of course. Mm -hmm. You're always no, correct, No, no, I'm Pastor not. Bob. No, no. Ask uh, my wife. So, <laughs> She'll no, tell you. I won't do that to you. But uh, the reason everything is unstable and the reason we saw— decades of stability was the influence of the Word of God. Exactly. The influence of the church. The Judeo-Christian value mm -hmm. and principles infecting the culture had a positive effect on every area of culture. Our mm -hmm. schools, our government, um, our businesses. But see, once you begin to remove the truth, once mm -hmm. you begin to remove the scriptures from any area, the scriptures that are light when removed, leave that vacuum for darkness. And that's what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. We're absolutely seeing a collapse of everything in this, this time, I believe and hope, brief time of darkness, mm -hmm. because I believe we're in the beginning of a great awakening, mm -hmm. and we'll see reformation again mm -hmm. if the Lord tarries, mm -hmm. uh, even in our culture. So. Yeah. I'm excited about you addressing this. Well, even in times when times are good, and we go back to the 1950s, of which I grew up in that time in the early 60s, you went to school and you started every day with the Pledge of Allegiance and the Lord's Prayer. That was a daily thing. We don't see that today, and little by little it has mm -hmm. been taken out from around us. But it still comes back to this. Even if you lived in a day like that, you could have instability if you didn't get attached to a church. Yeah. And I think that is the major key thing right now that we need to come back to is what the only stability we have is churches that stick with the Word of God because honestly, everything will change, but the Word of God will not. And so, but the good news is the Word of God can prevail when coming through the mouths of ministers who believe it, Amen. who preach it, who trust in it, and people receiving it believe it Amen. and trust in it. That's where success comes. So, And this is an exciting time for ministers that are loyal to Jesus, yeah. that are loyal to the truth mm -hmm. uh, and embrace the truth with, with all all of their heart. I, I remember when I got started, I actually, a lot of people don't know this, but you were my first pastor uh, after 
my open vision of the cross mm-hmm. that the whole ministry is based out of, that the very things that you taught me 40 years ago, I'm teaching still now, but it's like God is giving us an angle and an insight, like peeling an onion. There's this unveiling of truth right now to those that are hungry and fear God. He's revealing his covenant and his secrets to them that I'm beginning to see a hunger now, not just for the truth because we don't know it, but how does it fit? I'm seeing a new emergence of hunger again for the word and how to apply it in our lives. Yes, and people want to come, and the place they're returning to is the source of it, which is the word. And I want to encourage the ministers that are part of this Mm -hmm. club uh, not to be ashamed of the truth, not Mm -hmm. to be um, embarrassed of the truth. Yeah. Or, or overcautious yeah. with the truth. We don't need to be rude. God hadn't called us to be rude, but he has called us to be bold. Yeah. Uh, he, we're not to be arrogant with truth, mm-hmm. but we need to be confident yeah. with the truth. In, in 1 Timothy, Paul is writing a young pastor, and he's talking about if, if he's not delayed, uh, he's writing this to him so that he might know how he ought to conduct himself in the house of God how to behave, even mm-hmm. at church. We have forgot how to conduct ourselves in our businesses, conduct ourselves uh, in our schools, again, conduct ourselves in communication and civil uh, conversations. Uh, but he's even telling him, hey, at the church, I want you to know how to conduct yourself. And then he makes this profound statement about the church, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and ground mm-hmm. of the truth. Mm-hmm. There is no truth outside of God's word, and God's word is truth, and the church is the house for the truth. Our young people aren't going to get the truth on these college campuses. Our our members are not going to get the truth from the 6 o'clock news. They're not going to get the truth from Washington, D.C. So we have to get rooted and grounded in Jesus, which is the truth, in order to overcome and not be deceived in this hour. Yeah, in this day, it comes back to what it says in, in Psalms, which lines up exactly what Paul is telling Timothy. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? Notice, not what will the sinner do. What will the righteous? What will the righteous do? And the righteous need a foundation to keep coming back to. And the point of it is, I keep talking about the importance of going to church. Listen, pastors, there's a lot of churches in your town they shouldn't be going to. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say <laughs> that they should not be going Amen. to. So it's becoming easier and easier to come to find a right church to go to because there's that few churches actually teaching the importance of the Word of God, the the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, God's work in your daily life, because if the foundations are being all destroyed around us, what will the righteous do? Here's the good news. We have a lot of places to go in the Word of God. There are good churches out there teaching the Word of God. They may be fewer than they used to be, but let yours be one of those shining uh, beacons on a hill that lets the people know we believe in the Word of God. It's unchangeable, and when all this stuff is gone and destroyed, the Word of God will live and abide forever. Amen. So tell us about your books that you have here that uh, um, deal with this same subject we're talking about. I'll tell you, this was one of the the biggest privileges of my life, counterculture. I did a pastor's conference, actually, and you were there. Mm-hmm. We, we ministered together with a few other ministers, mm-hmm. and I, I ministered on, on, on how that the church— is not called to be a subculture. That right. that's what's happened to our churches. We we just want to get along with everybody and go along to uh, to get along and be a subculture. But God has called us to be a counterculture, not mm-hmm. a subculture. And so this came out of my concern in regards to the woke movement. 
that this is very real and it's it's very deceptive. And I was seeing it um, creep into the church that I was actually hearing from pulpits wokeism and woke philosophy mm-hmm. as answers to some of our cultural problems. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, Pastor Bob, it alarmed me. It was like the book of Revelation came alive on those seven churches that five out of the seven, Jesus had to correct. Yeah. He had to rebuke them. You have bitten into this doctrine and that doctrine, and mm-hmm. you forgot this, and you left this. And uh, so I didn't want to be one of those churches for sure that if the Lord but shows up. But did you notice all those churches he had to correct? It wasn't like something from some place. It, it was actually letting down on just the normal things of life. Uh, adultery. Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and leaving the first love, yep. getting caught up in the things of the world. It wasn't like yep. some excessive sin of falling down in front nope. of Satan and worshiping him. You begin to see this leading up to it. So he told him to stop yep. right there. And and like all, all deception and sin, it's subtle. Mm-hmm. It's subtle. And the woke movement, I mean, if you go back and look up the original definition of woke, it was simply an awareness of racial discrimination mm-hmm. and social injustice. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that yeah. and an awakening to that. But that thing morphed into racism itself yeah. and committing social injustice in the name of justice. Right. So these were some things that just alarmed me. So I felt like the Lord showed me three dominant things in our culture that we have to be a counterculture to. Mm-hmm. Uh, death, uh, it's a cult of death out there. Mm-hmm. When you look at Hamas... Mm-hmm. And our college uh, students marching, uh, supporting Hamas, mm-hmm. uh, a demonic cult of death, mm-hmm. literally, that yeah. their charter calls for the death and elimination of Israel off the face of the earth. And, and all the church, Jews. And the church. And, and the church. Christians, yes. they're, they're, they're coming after us next. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so you've got this cult of death that's rooted in abortion itself mm-hmm. and and just a bent on death, meaning absence of God and mm-hmm. separation and rebellion to God. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like God was telling me that we need to cultivate a culture of life, mm-hmm. period. Uh, life in our marriage, life in, in balance with finances, life in living with our children, right. eternal life, of course, yeah. uh, and counter. We can't counter death with more death. Right. We have to counter it with life. And then there was hate. I'm alarmed. I'm still alarmed. I I have some naiveness still about me that I don't want to lose. <laughs> I want educated. I want informed. But sometimes I just wish I didn't know or hadn't seen what you've seen. Because some things you see you can't unsee. And, and the hate is just alarming, literal hate for our fellow man. Well, even Martin Luther King Jr. said, you can't, you can't fight hate or counter hate with hate. Mm-hmm. You can only counter it with love. We, we have lost the purity of 1 Corinthians 13, 16 character traits that yeah. define love. Yeah. And verse 6 says, it does not rejoice in iniquity, right. but it rejoices in the truth, mm-hmm. God's love. So I wrote about God's love. Uh, and then the last one was darkness. The darkness meaning the absence of light and, and, and thereby deception. Uh, so much deception is creeping in, even into the church. So we have to be that ground zero for the truth, right. the truth of, of, of God's kind of love, the truth of what is light 
and revelation mm -hmm. of God in, in, as it relates to morality, values, character, integrity, all of these things that used to be a part of our culture. Right. Well, so, uh, what I think is interesting is a lot of things we're hearing today about hate are coming from groups of people that tell us before this, love everybody. Yeah. I mean, I remember during yeah. the hippie movement and all yeah. that, and it, is, it morphed into the, yeah. you know, the things in the 70s and 80s, and everything was, you know, we love everybody, love everybody, and they get angry at you if you didn't love this particular group of people over right. here. But now they're the ones that say, love everybody, except Israel. You know, and not Christians, though. And you realize, wait a minute, what happened to everybody in yeah, the Bible? What happened to everybody in this thing? And now it's become so, it's obsessed in this. And now even sinners who listened to that and accepted some of it are now standing back and go, wait a minute. I, I think even, a, yeah. even the sinners are going, yeah. something's wrong with this. I think this. that's supernatural. It is. I think God loves everybody. Mm -hmm. We, we, we agree on that, and probably everyone watching, surely we agree on that. Well, he loved them that. enough to give his son, but not enough to where if they reject the son, they, can't go, they can still go to heaven. You know? Amen. Or, though, since they've rejected the son, God has nothing to do with them. He, yeah. oh, he no, causes no. the son to still rise on the just and yes. the unjust, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And so I believe some of the awakening is not just in the church. Mm -hmm. a, a, a revival would only be in the church, mm -hmm. but a, a great yeah. awakening is cultural. Yeah. And, and it affects institutions mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And so I see lost people waking up in areas that I'm not seeing some Christian people w wake right. up. So I know it's supernatural and it's God. And I think that's a part of what's exciting, though, about being in ministry right mm -hmm. now. I'm, I'm, I'm as excited as, as I've ever been because yeah. of the hunger yeah. and because of the opportunity to see the light come on. I just I get mm -hmm. excited when, boom, you see, wait a minute, uh, the same people that was preaching tolerance uh, absolutely had no tolerance. Right. Now, for Israel, mm -hmm. for Christians— uh, for basic morality. Morality, yeah. Uh, and so that that's waking people up. So anyway, that's what counterculture is all about, is us being a, a counterculture to the woke, that mm -hmm. while they are woke, we need to be awake. Yeah. yeah, let me say some things to pastors here, too. I'm not saying, and he's not saying, that you need to preach on this stuff all the time. Oh, absolutely. Any scripture can awake a person yeah. to a certain part of life. Yeah. I mean, how many times I had people used to come to me, you know, when I pastored and said, I've been praying you'd preach on a marriage because our marriage is really, and pastor, you know what? You taught this morning. Let me tell you what God gave me out of the sermon. They'll explain what God brought me and said, it woke me. I mean, I saw I was responsible for some of the marriage problems we were having. Thank you for preaching that this morning. And they walk off and I go, I didn't preach on that at all. How did you get that out of what I preached? Yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit yeah. can take it from my mouth to you and make it apply. And anyway, we don't, I mean, the things we're talking about right now yeah. are things going on in our nation. Yeah. But we can't get so obsessed, that's all we preach about. We have to understand the Word of God deals into every yeah. part of our being, and that's the power we have uh, from the pulpit. As we minister the Word of God, and as we're led by the Spirit, even in what we preach, not responding or especially reacting to what mm -hmm. the six o'clock news is saying, people will be changed and we will address things either directly at times, but indirectly always. Exactly. I, God can take one sermon and if there's a thousand people attending, can divide that sermon up 1,000 different ways. Yeah. And you have to shake your head and go, I didn't teach on that, but the Holy yeah. Spirit took it and did that into those persons' lives. The same thing is true. We don't. The things we bring up from the pulpit every week about what's going on, we need to pray for what's going on in the church and pray for what's going on. Because we have churches that are splitting down the middle. Yeah. The Baptist church is headed in that direction. The Methodist church just split. I mean, the Presbyterian churches before that split. And it's all over the, the cultures around us, not according to biblical issues so much as 
as it is, yeah. the culture. And we just don't want to offend this group over here, so we're swinging in this direction. You never win anybody over by becoming as they are. You don't have to sin to win a sinner. Okay, you live in righteousness, yeah. and your righteousness speaks to the world out there. And preaching righteousness with the pulpit on every area of life Amen. brings it back to you. Walk out and they go, "I'm gonna be a better citizen." How'd you get that out of that sermon? I don't know, but that's exactly yeah. what the Lord told me I need to be. Yeah, so. we many times are under that pressure as pastors not to lose a member or mm -hmm. lose a few people, but in that false, if you will, perspective, we've lost a whole generation. Yeah. And so we have to speak the truth in love and pray for the Holy Spirit yeah. to continue to bind us together in the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. But we have to stay with the truth. We need to speak it in love, and that, mm -hmm. that's another topic too. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that sound like? Yeah. Uh, ministering it in love. Well, for the pastors, one thing is, if I'm going to minister the truth or speak it in love, he's talking about my position in presenting this is from a position of love for people, not anger after the flesh, not yeah. bias, not a bad experience I've had and I'm countering it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's important. Um, in Timothy, uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3.13, it talks about that, that whole chapter about the end days, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the end times. And, and, and Paul goes on again talking to a pastor that deception is going to get worse and worse and the deceivers are going to get worse and worse yeah. and many being deceived. And so I, I've always respected you for your, your focus on the simplicity of mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. And I just can't encourage you enough to not be under the pressure of coming up with something deep, a heavy revy, or new, or something someone else isn't sharing. No, no, we need to share what God has said and shared, and share that from the heart and life experience, because that's what will save people from all this deception. Yeah. What's happened with ministers so often is they're looking for a new heavy revy, something to, to make them identify them as something different over here. The longer you're yourself, you will identify different than anybody else. That's There's exactly nobody like right. you, okay? And you can preach the same sermon material I do from the same passage, and no, no two will come out the same. Amen. Loretta made a reference one time because there were so many churches in Tulsa considered to be word of faith and charismatic, and those those two major influences were in the church. And she said, you know, I think the only time you maybe all of you preach on the same subjects, maybe Easter, you might bring up the same verse of scripture. She said, you and Billy Joe over here, and Buddy Harrison over here, and Raymond's going to teach. You might all start on the same verse. I said, yeah, but it won't come out the same. I'm going to bring it in for perfecting the saints. And Billy Joe Dodger is going to talk about missions, world missions. Yeah. Over here, they're going to talk about, you know, something else. Yeah. But I said, it never yeah. comes out exactly the same. And that's the word of God. If you preach the word of God, not only will you see something different than another pastor does, that thousand people sitting out there will all get something different Amen. out of it because the Holy Spirit takes it. The word of God can be multiplied so many different ways that that's why you don't need to yeah. seek some heavy thing, Amen. some specific thing to make you so great. That's when you can get into error yourself because yeah. that's all built on trying to build yourself and, up. And, and, and from that perspective, so many ministers, again, feel that pressure to be different, that pressure to be identified with a message mm -hmm. or a move or a wave. And that's when we get off. That's when deception, we open the door for yeah. it. Our identity that actually makes us unique and separate is still in Christ. That's right. In Christ, I have a like identity with you in the cross, the atonement, the redemption, mm -hmm. but I have a very unique identity even in Christ that separates 
my identity from your identity, but gives us that foundation of Christ in us still the hope of glory. Yeah. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory, and Christ in you, yeah. the hope of glory, and the Christ in you is different coming out of you than the Christ in me, though it comes together. It comes in out Dwayne faith. or Bob. That's right. I'm still Dwayne, and, and you're still and Bob. What's great is you can go to a, you can go to a conference where there's one specific subject they ask you to teach on, but no two teach is exactly the same. Yeah. And you have to admit too, you can preach on subjects you preached on 20 years ago, oh, but it doesn't come out the I same know today. Going. Hey, and, I can do a first service. <laughs> Exactly. And use the same exact scriptures yes. and it not come out the same. I know. I not only think that's the Holy Spirit, but I think that's who's there. Exactly. I agree I with you. I think yeah. God uses us beyond our consciousness to connect him to people and, uh -huh. and bodies of truth. We're not giving a talk, a TED talk. We're uh -huh. not giving a speech. We're breaking bodies of truth, yeah. the bread of life. And it absolutely, from service to service, comes out different. Well, how many times has a person come to you after church and said, were you sitting in the car with us this morning? Because that's exactly <laughs> what my wife and I talked about Amen. coming to church. And you preach that and you think about this. I didn't preach that in the first service. Yes. I did preach it in the second service. And that's because All the Holy the Spirit led you. He knows who's out there. Yeah. And we would often like to have a word of knowledge about it. Well, how about your preaching become a word of knowledge? It comes through so you, good. through the sermon, and applies so to each individual, and they walk out of there. And again, a thousand people yeah. can walk out with yeah. a thousand different directions. You know, I, I, don't, I haven't heard that said quite like that, mm -hmm. but I believe uh, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working in me while I'm ministering. Yes. I, I, it's like I know things I know I shouldn't know. And and God, I hear God address that. Well, that's a word of knowledge that God's giving exactly. me for someone I don't know. When I worked for Kenneth Hagin, he that. would tell those ministries, he said, when you're preaching and you're looking at your notes and all, he says, something comes to you all of a sudden and you take a little side trip. You think, what was that for? He said, that was a gift of prophecy working through you. Yeah. And he said, you were suddenly prophesying. It was beyond what you were thinking of. It's the Holy Spirit yeah. telling and he's using you as an instrument. So he said, during the ministry of the word of God, you can have a word of knowledge. Yeah. You can have a word So he has wisdom. said that. I've missed yeah. that. Yeah, no, no, he said because that. Because I believe that and, and I've come to experience that. Well, that's a lot of times where people who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit of speaking with tongues might say that, you know, well, you know, there are times when I'm preaching and, something, and the Lord showed me something. I believe that's what a prophet is. You're going, eh, not quite. But, you know, I'm not saying that you operate yeah. in one gift and you can't mingle. Yeah. And you can't Absolutely. dabble into some other ones of these other things Absolutely. as the Holy Spirit leads you. Absolutely. So, yeah. Because that's just a part of truth. It's just a part of the truth again and, and being rooted and grounded. And again, I can't encourage, and I know Pastor Bob won't encourage you too much to, to be that voice of truth, to be that place of refuge for people. I believe in this great awakening the Lord has shown me. Uh, many have had visions and dreams of people bailing out of the church. Mm -hmm. And I get that. For a while, it seemed that way. But I have had visions and dreams of people running into the church. Yeah. Literally, I'm building churches just about everywhere I go now. I can now. honestly tell you today, they're there are coming ch back. churches that teach the Word of God, some Spirit-filled, some not. There's usually a, maybe a core of Spirit-filled people there. But those who take the Word of God, divide it correctly, and preach it, they're growing. And uh, around our, here in Tulsa, I mean, there's churches that have been growing. Sometimes one, one church that I'm attending right now, and it's a Baptist church, but it's filled with people that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I walked in our first service, Loretta and I did, and people going, we went to your church, we went to your church, all this. And they're talking about, you know, the core of Spirit-filled people here. Yeah. That church, because we went there because the pastor was so great at, ex at opening up and expositorily taking the Word of God, we increased 250 in one week. 
Wow. I mean, and he was blown away. He's yeah. like, oh my goodness, where's... And the reason yeah. why they were all saying something, because no one else, they're either veering off with the world, you know, they're getting all the woke stuff, they're trying not to offend anybody, and you just preach it as it was, and that's what we need. You know, Colossians deals with that directly, mm-hmm. 6 through 8, about the things that spoil us. We've yeah. got to get rooted and grounded. Yeah. And established in the faith. So many people have faith. Yeah. So many people have grown in their faith. Mm-hmm. But are we established in the faith? Yeah. It, it, in many cases, it doesn't appear so. Right. People are so easily deceived, easily drawn away, easily tossed to and fro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we need to get established in the faith, uh, abounding therein with thanksgiving. But then Paul breaks those four things down that spoil us. And and spoil means, mm-hmm. as as I'm sure pastors all know, you know, to go from good to bad. Yeah, uh, we're seeing people who once were teachers in need of being taught again. Yeah, Hebrews. Yeah, Hebrews five mm-hmm. because they got spoiled. How'd yeah. they get spoiled through the philosophies of men? That's right. Traditions of men, vain deceit, and 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 the rudiments, the elementary rudiments of this mm-hmm. world. All this spiritual darkness is is on steroids. It seems like right now, mm-hmm. and we can't be yielding to those things. Yeah. Uh, not only for ourselves as ministers, which we do have to really guard our hearts, and and develop our character, yeah. our integrity. Uh, our value systems, our rhythms. That mm-hmm. leads me to rhythms yeah, I was going to ask you to get to your next book. Um, but to be a refuge for people. Yeah. What I was about to say that I had a, a, a vision of is is literally people running into the church mm-hmm. that that wake up, that part of this great awakening would be, oh, my goodness, how did I get here and how do I get back? Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit's going to bring them to good churches. Yeah. So we need to be that church and be ready. I think the Lord's telling me personally, I don't know this this is for everyone, but to prepare for this awakening, mm-hmm. prepare a generation, these younger people that are coming up, prepare them. They're, they're going to be the ones because yeah. a, 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 an awakening takes maybe decades yeah. versus a revival a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you and I, I think, will be here, uh, but we may not be spearing it up. The young mm-hmm. people will. So we need to build houses that are, Pillars and yeah. ground of the truth. I think there's some things on the horizon uh, that are concerning, mm-hmm. uh, alarming. We're on the brink of a third world war if exactly. we're not already in it. That's right. We don't know the consequences of what that will be. Yeah. We don't know where this uh, Islamic Nazism mm-hmm. uh, will go, not only in the world, but obviously here in America. Uh, the economy is on the verge of literally a collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't. We can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Uh, you don't have to be a prophet to know $33 trillion in debt and no no desire to even slow it down yeah. where it's going to end. So we better have these basic rhythms developed in our lives so that we're not shook and so we can help calm right. sheep. Yeah. Calm the people of God. Uh, I was screaming. I felt like John the Baptist mm-hmm. uh, from, from, from the wilderness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, do not fear. Do not be manipulated. Uh, do, not, do not let the censoring of the truth yeah. keep you from the truth yeah. uh, or speaking the truth. I mean, the things I got censored over, every one of them, as best we can tell, the things I got censored over and canceled on uh, uh, some of the social medias uh, have every one proven to be to be true. Exactly. That I was yeah. speaking the truth right. and got censored. That's what a culture of darkness does, though. Mm-hmm. It has to censor light in order to exist. Yeah. 
for you ministers out there to listen to this, I just want you to understand one thing, and that is your personal relationship draws you closer to God. And the closer you get to God, you begin to develop on you a hide that simply says, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I have up <laughs> until this point. I'm going to stand on this side. Amen. Without becoming opinionated, you draw a line and you simply say, this is right and wrong. And you teach your people that. I'm not telling you how big your church is going to get to, but I can tell you this, it's important how big you become. Personally, between your, you and your relationship with God, and then put it over to the church up, we're going to stand for the truth. And we're going to declare the truth. And in love, we're going to say, this is what we believe. If you don't agree with us, eventually there might come a time that you're going to have to go someplace else. But if you do agree with us, we're going to stick with the Word of God. This is what the world is looking for. Even sinners are looking for stability. So again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us today. Man, that went fast. Yeah, it, it did go fast. <laughs> and the books are available. In fact, on the screen is the address where you can get the books, a phone number to call. Again, thanks for being with us today. I'll see you next time.